Thanks for joining our online campus today for another sermon from the series Build, where we're looking at Ezra and Nehemiah, how God used the Jewish people to rebuild his temple and the priority that rebuilding the temple took place during this time. And so we want to encourage you to jump in with us as we're looking into Evangel and how we can build the church itself through the different things that we are doing currently with the Build series. And if God has touched your heart through this message and this sermon series, send us an email at connect.etag.tv. Or if you'd like to faithfully support this ministry so that many people around the world can hear sermons just like these, you can do so by going to etag.tv and clicking on the give link there. Now get you ready to prepare your heart for another incredible message from Pastor Gary on the sermon series, Build. Just say his name, Jesus. 
Come on, everyone, repeat his name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Worthy Lamb of glory. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. I want everyone in the house standing. Don't go anywhere, worship team. This past week, we had 15 of our men drive down last Sunday afternoon to inner city Miami. And they worked on an inner city church there, church that was dilapidated inside and in much need of repair, but a wonderful congregation of about 200 people. And we sowed seed in inner city Miami this week. Uh, to just buy the materials and to leave them with monies to finish what's going on cost this church $10,000 this week. That didn't cost count what it cost for the men and their lodging and food and all that. But we blessed an inner city church. How many know you can't outgive God? I'm telling you. And uh, God is up to something in this hour. And God's caused this church to be a blessing in many, many places. My wife and I... Thursday morning, flew out, and I want you to find your Bibles and turn to Ezra chapter 1, but we were invited to be a part of a group of 300 people that met in Hot Springs, Arkansas, Thursday afternoon for meetings, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, Friday morning, and Friday noon, on the exact location where the Assemblies of God were founded 100 years ago this past Thursday and Friday, the exact location, the exact time, just a century later where 300 people stood 100 years ago and signed a statement of faith that a denomination was forming and we were going to be committed to preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we were going to be Pentecostal, not in name but in practice, amen, and that we were going to be about missions and reaching our world. And I want to tell you, as we signed a document Thursday afternoon and stood there with those others that had gathered. It was one of the most powerful things to know what has happened over a hundred years as people took a step of faith. And people a hundred years ago never had an idea what it would look like a hundred years later. But I'm telling you, to be at 68 million people worldwide, 300,000 churches, the largest Protestant denomination in the world, not in the U.S., but in the world numbers, it's incredible. Oh, I'm saying all of that to say this. I don't believe we understand what's about to happen in the near future through this church fellowship and what God's doing through this congregation. And today, God has positioned us and put us in a place and He's getting us ready because I believe something significant is going to flow through this congregation to touch a lost world. Amen? I want you to look at Ezra chapter 1. just before I read the Holy Scriptures I want you to lift up your voice and I want you to shout hallelujah I want you to bless Jesus come on lift up your voice it is Palm Sunday hallelujah 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 with our voices strong we declare hallelujah to the King blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the name of our God, holy and mighty, reverenced and feared is our God. We bless you, O Lord. 
From Ezra chapter 1, it says, In the first year of King Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jer Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and he put it in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me, now he's a heathen king, but he was charged to build him a house at Jerusalem. Everybody say build, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with you. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any pl place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold, with goods, with beasts, beside freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah, of Benjamin, and the priest, and the Levites, and with all them whose spirit God had raised to stir up them to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with precious things beside all that was willingly offered unto the Lord. You may be seated. The kingdoms of Israel and Judah were taken captive. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Babylon had overthrown Jerusalem and Judah, and the temple was destroyed. In 586 B.C., everyone say 586 B.C. Sin was the reason of the nation's demise and the people's judgment. It is still sin that will bring America down. But if America will turn to God, if America will repent of her sins, if America will acknowledge God and turn from the idolatry and the graven images, I still believe there can be a mighty spiritual awakening in this nation. But it is sin that brought down Israel and Judah. And the final assault by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586, 40,000 people were taken captive just in that one assault. And they were led to Babylon where for 70 years, 70 long years of captivity, they would be imprisoned. They would be uh, captive in, in a strange land with strange gods. But how many know God's not interested in leaving his people in Egypt or in Babylon or, or in the old life. He's interested in bringing people into the new life in Christ and bringing them out of the dregs of sin and the old life and into what Jesus means and does in a life. I'm telling you, he was not interested in leaving them down in Babylon. So through the word of the Lord, he begins to stir an old heathen emperor. I want to tell you, when I give the altar call in a few minutes, if you've been living in sin, if you've been out of the will of God, if you've been living wayward to the promises of God, it's time to come home on this Palm Sunday. It's time to make peace with God. Amen. It's time to get things right with the Lord. Well, God stirred up King Cyrus. He overthrew the Babylonian Empire and set up the empire of the Medes and the Persians. And he becomes the emperor of a vast kingdom. In fact, you read and saw how vast it was there with the words that were describing it over all the world and all the nations. And the word of God comes to King Cyrus 
Somehow, Jeremiah, a prophet of a century before, his words get to a king. I want to tell you, I still believe the word of God can have an impact in America. We've just got to get the word of God being preached in the pulpits of America. We've got to get the word of God being espoused and declared across this nation because it's going to take the word of God to stir up some heathen kings, amen, and, and some people that need to hear the word of the Lord in this hour. It is the word of the Lord that got to Cyrus and changed his heart to allowing the, the people who were captive to be free and then to go back and build the house of the Lord. I still believe that God can use Christian prayers, Christian teaching of the Word of God. Amen. We had some of our ladies go over to Tallahassee this week. And they went over there as a part of a prayer group to pray for our governor and pray over our, our uh, state legislatures. And uh, God just knows how to arrange things because he got them invited in to pray with some of the legislatures. He even got them invited in to pray with the governor of our state in his private office. Amen. I, listen. I believe that God's going to open the doors for people to have audience with leaders, with governors, with state officials, with kings, with princes, with all kinds of leaders. If you will go in the anointing of God and the Spirit of God upon you, don't you even begin to doubt one minute where God might position you in coming weeks and months. And God stirred up Cyrus to start a building program. I want to tell you, every time God wants to reach a nation, he builds a church. That's why we invested in the inner city of Miami because I believe there's no greater investment than investing in a church. It's going to reach a community, amen. And when God wanted to turn Israel and Judah back around spiritually, the first thing he did was not build walls around Jerusalem. It was 100 years later before they built the walls around Jerusalem. They started building the temple. They started building the church. When God wants to resurrect America, he's going to strengthen the church. Revival is going to break out in the house of God. Amen. I believe if judgment begins in the house of God, revival begins in the house of God. God's trying to get the attention of this world in these last days. And God's concerned that we arise and that we shine in this hour for the glory of God has come upon us. The vision to go back and rebuild Israel, rebuild Judah, and rebuild Jerusalem and the temple was all about eternities. And friends, the Arise campaign and vision is about eternities. I sincerely believe that through this vision, many souls are coming into the kingdom of God. Many lives are going to be changed for eternity. It's about people, and it's about their eternal place where they're going to spend eternity with God or without God. And there's an urgency about the hour, but it's all about people. And the Word of God was calling the people to arise and begin to do something significant and to leave Babylon where they had become settlers and they had become accustomed to the habits, but now they were going home to see revival begin. I had a businessman that if I called the name of the business, many would know that business, but he came up to me this week and I said, well, this is a God thing because he wanted to make, he said, I'm supposed to make a statement to you. He said, I never knew how important nurseries and children's churches were in a church until I had children, until I had grandchildren. He just walks up and he just volunteers that information to me this week. And I think, he doesn't know what we're doing. He doesn't know what we're engaged in. But he said, I want you to know it's very important. 
And so I just said, okay, God, I, I know that. It's just another confirmation, though, that we've got to invest in children. We've got to invest in grandchildren, amen? And we're building. Arise is building. It's trying to reach a generation. But I want you to look at verse 3 of chapter 1. The king makes provisions to build. In verse 3, this is point number 1, the provisions to build were granted. Who is there among you of all his people? His God will be, be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord. And whosoever remaineth in any place, let the men of that place supply with silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and besides with free will offerings. They were given provision so that the work of God, so that the temple could be built. In verse 4, those that didn't leave, they were going to even help finance and personally sacrifice. I want to remind us, friends, that we all have a personal responsibility for the work of the Lord and for the building of the church of Jesus Christ and seeing God's church advance. And there comes a time that these people had to move from consideration to commitment. They had to move from deliberation to decision. And Arise is about, it's not about equal sacrifice, but it's about equal obedience to the vision of God in our hearts. Amen? Whosoever, verse 4 says, everyone, let him help with silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, in addition to the free will offerings. Brother John Kilpatrick had no idea when he prophesied over Evangel Temple, two prophecies this spring, I have not given him any insight, any, any uh, thoughts about where we're headed and what we were doing. But God gave him very, two very specific prophecies about this congregation. One of them, he said, I've never given a prophecy like this in the hundreds and hundreds of churches. And I've got it written down where he wrote this because he wanted this recorded. He said, I've never done anything like this. But he said, I saw the walls of your sanctuary open up and become windows where God was pouring out supernatural finances upon the congregation to fund the vision. That God supernaturally was going to open up the walls. He, he said, the two high side walls of your sanctuary, God was going to open them and just pour out the blessings upon the people of God. Somebody needs to receive that because I believe it's coming. In fact, it's not coming. It's already come. Amen. It's happening. And then he called me up just before March began. He said, I've, I've only prophesied this to two other churches, but he said, God gave me this for three churches in America. My church, one in Columbus, Georgia, and Evangel Temple in Jacksonville. And God spoke to me that there would be 100 days of new. That God was going to do a new thing. And this is day 44 today, Amen. This is day 44 of what God's been doing, and I'm telling you, hardly a day has gone by that people haven't come to me, emailed me, Facebook messaged me, sent me all kinds of things where God has wrought new in their life, all kinds of new. New jobs and new increases in salary, new opportunities, new blessings, new salvations in their family, prodigals coming home. Everybody say new. But God said he would fund the vision, and he did this. And Cyrus, a heathen king, gets up and stirs the people up. I, I'm going to show you later in this study of Ezra how prophecy became an important part to what was accomplished. Because in the midst 
of, of this time of building, there became a discouraging moment. And some prophets stood up and prophesied, thus saith the Lord. And when that prophecy came forth, it stirred the people's faith back into action and the work of God got finished. I want to tell you, God wants to speak to us through his word and increase our faith because he's doing miracles in this hour. Amen. And so God supplied all of the neat things that were needed uh, to be able to position uh, the church, uh, to the people of God to build uh, in Jerusalem. I was studying this week about, uh, about uh, planting seed because I planted a little garden and so I began to think about an acre of land. And I looked it up that it takes about 35,000 corn seeds, seeds of corn. Yeah, you just have to understand that pastors like this. I, I like to get down to the nuts and bolts of things, but I, I was thinking about my little garden and I got to wonder how many seeds would I have to plant for a whole acre? So I Googled that and it was about 35,000 seeds. Well, it would take about $450,000. We have families in our church that plant 1,500 acres of corn. Do you know that they have to put about $450,000 in seed corn into the ground? Never knowing, almost a half a million dollars just in seed corn. We've got several families that do this. That they have to put in the ground not knowing what's going to happen to that seed. But I want you to watch this because I followed this train of thought on out uh, that, that out of 35,000 seeds put in the ground, about 32,000 stalks of corn will come up, averaging about 10 ears of corn per stalk. Well, I'm just like this, that every time I eat corn, I'm looking at all those kernels of corn, and I've always wondered how many kernels of corn are on one cob. So I, I looked that up. There's 500 on average. Do you know that in one acre of land, if you put 35,000 seed, about $450 per acre, it's going to cost you to plant corn, you're going to get a return of 160 million kernels of corn. That's a pretty good return. The Word of God says plant bountifully, sow bountifully, and you're going to reap bountifully. Amen. Well, the Word of God points out that the people offered freely and gave freely. And they, they supported the work of rebuilding the temple. And every part of the temple was important. I want to tell you, every part of the buildings, the church buildings are important. Every part of the temple was important. Do you know that they had a room in the temple where they just hung the priest's garments? It was a very ornate room. It was a nice room. But they also had courtyards. They had to have a courtyard big enough to hold a quarter of a million sheep being brought in for Passover to be slain as sacrifices. They had to have walls, but I don't like walls, Pastor, but the walls were important. Some people say, well, I don't want my money to go to buy a water fountain. Well, don't drink out of the water fountain then. I don't want my dollars to pay for restrooms. Well, don't dare use a restroom when you come on the properties. Amen. I'm telling you, you got to understand that when they went to build the temple, they built all aspects of the temple. There was even a gate just for sheep to go in. It was called the sheep gate. And it was important because they had to bring the sacrifices in. Every part of the temple was important. Just like in the local church, every part is important. The sanctuary is important. The place where your children have been worshiping is important. The nurseries, on and on, every aspect of building the house of God for the worship of a mighty God is important. 
But then in point two, we read, and I want you to look at chapter two, about how important the children were. And I, you know, these families went out 70 years earlier. And you can understand that not many of the people lived those 70 years in captivity and made it back. Uh, when it came time to leave, we're still alive. And so they had to pass on to a generation. I want to show you how we're passing on to a generation. And I want you to welcome these children that are coming in right now. Come on, let's give them a hand. <laughs> 70 years being down in Babylon, they had to transmit to their children the vision of Israel, the vision of Jerusalem, the vision of the temple. Aren't these precious? Amen. Amen. We had to disrupt their service, but last Sunday we brought the babies in, and today this is, this is grades one through five. Amen? Or is it, yeah, grade, K-5 through grade five? K-5 through grade five. Now I want all the adults to stand, and I want us to lift our hand. Well, they're still coming in. How many do you have back there? <laughs> Six million, amen. I'm claiming that over a rise, amen. Thank you for prophesying. Keep coming, children. They're still out in the hall. I can see them out in the lobby. They're still alive. Hey, we need to give it up for all these children there. You know what? Down in Babylon, down in Babylon, they had to teach their children because one day God was going to free them to go back to the homeland and he'd have to free them to go build the temple and they had to understand the importance of the temple. They had to understand as children the impact of the temple and how important it would be to follow God and to serve God. All of that's got to be transmitted. I want to tell you, arise is a good teaching moment for every family. Arise is a good teaching moment for the church because these are not just the church of tomorrow. These are the church of today. I want you to say amen. If today is a normal Sunday, there will be over 300 children between the early service and this service that are in our children's ministries. If this is a normal Sunday. And I'm thankful for every one of these child because it's a teaching moment that we're given to plant into them the word of God. Amen? Amen. Come on in. I finally see. Amen. There's Kevin and Rachel. Amen. Children, we want to pray over you. And pass, listen, look, children, this way. Look this way. Now, I'm a granddaddy. Amen. And I know how to love on grandbabies. And I know how to teach. And Jesus wants you to be a part of his church. And he wants you to be a part of what he's doing in this hour. And I want you all, to, you've been producing some wonderful videos, Arise videos that I've just been so tickled at to see that y'all believe in Arise. Every one of these children have been given Arise piggy banks. Amen. And they're saving money to help Arise. But I want you to stretch your hands towards these children. We're going to bless the children right now. Father, come on, everybody in this congregation, pray over all these children. Father, we thank you for every child that's represented, every home that's represented. Lord, we thank you for these children. Jesus, you love the little children, and you 
gave yourself so that a church could be established, to build the church so that through the church, oh God, children could be trained and raised up and the word of God imparted into their lives. And we thank you for these lives, Lord. We thank you for each one that's represented. And Lord, we bless these children. We bless them to, Father, be taught the word of God and to walk in the ways of God and to love God and fear God and honor God all of their days and be a part of this end time revival. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, children, follow Pastor Keith. He's going to go off this way. And Derek, you may be seated. I need you for five more minutes, adults, so stay with me. We've got a video because it is about people. It's about touching these children. We've got to enlarge our children's church. We have no idea where we're going to put all the children next Sunday. We're going to have to figure something out. All right, all you parents and grandparents, wave. I know you're trying. You're out there looking. Wave at them. Amen. Amen. But it's about providing for the babies, providing for the children, providing for the adults of this church. Amen. But here's Anthony Willis sharing a testimony about how important ministry is. My name is Anthony Willis. I've been going here for the last four years now, and I truly enjoy being here. I always had a desire to be a part of the prison ministry. Uh, so when I came here on a Sunday, you know, Pastor, you know, Pastor Wiggins, he asked anybody that wanted to be a part of the you know, prison ministry. And I said, wow, God, that's what I want to do. That's what I always wanted to do was to give back. And the reason why I wanted to give back because I was a young kid, and I was at one time that was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And uh, a judge told me one time, hey, if you come back before me again, you know, just bring your toothbrush. And I feel that the prison ministry and the Arise program is so uh, important. They come together as one because it gives us more of an opportunity to expand, to draw more people in, to draw more young people in, to realize, hey, there's more things to do just than going to the club or going out with their friends drinking and partying, but they can go somewhere socially and still hear the, hear the Word of God and really grow in the Word of God. And that really means a lot to me. At one time back in the 08, you know, I didn't work for 13 months but I still gave anyway. And for the 13 months, I was still able to take care of my family, take care of my children. And God proved himself to me by giving. I was still paying my tithes, I was still paying my offerings, but yet I didn't work for 13 months. So I know God is able to do more than willing with ask and think. And so I just encourage anyone just wanna step out in faith. You know, if you only if you had to step up with those two mites, you know, God will increase your giving even the more he will increase your faith. So I definitely encourage people to definitely try God and prove God, you know. he will, If you prove him, he will show you that he's more than able to do what you ask a think. In closing, I want to talk to you, friends. Three weeks from today, next Sunday's Easter, and we're going to celebrate the resurrection. But three weeks from today, we're going to have a celebration Sunday, and it's a commitment Sunday. And we're going to ask everyone in this church, at whatever level God has you, to make a commitment for the next 24 months. We need to start these buildings, both buildings. The vision is about building, but the vision is going to touch souls because that's the, that's the foundation and that's the bottom line. But where the church is is we've got to have these buildings, both buildings now, 10,000 square feet of additional space in front of this sanctuary and lobby area uh, for the lobby and the nursery, the children's area. We've got to have this lodge now. And then... You know, it's going to cost $2 million to do that over the next two years. 
And so we got to believe God for a miracle because we do not have those finances. That's why on May 4th, on that Sunday, we're asking you to do two things. Make a two-year commitment and then bring a first fruits offering of that two-year commitment. Not above it, but of that two-year. Whatever you can do, we'd like to have one of the best offerings we could uh, believe God for that day because we need to start building and we have zero dollars in that building account. And God's got to work a miracle because we need to start immediately. And so I'm asking you three weeks today, you just be praying and you be seeking God. I met with 364 adults of this church over the last few weeks in pastor exchange meetings, as question and answers, having pie and coffee with the pastor. And it was a wonderful time to just be able to talk about the vision and talk about what God's doing. And uh, this entire church voted 100% strong that this was the will and vision of God. It's time to do something. And it's time to let God work miracles through your life. Amen? I sincerely believe there are going to be incredible miracles unfold to every home and every family that will take a step of faith and believe God. And so, you know, we need everybody doing something. I mean, we need every home and family represented doing something. And I don't want you to just give to Israel because here's what the vision, and I want you to understand this, and this needs to be plain. God gave us the vision to build. And that as monies came in for us to build, we were to tithe off those monies to bless Israel. There was a certain spiritual aspect that was to take place here. And it was not to do Israel first, but it was for this church to build, for our families, for our future, to teach our children for this generation and to, teach our and to bless our families. But then as those monies come in each month, we're going to take the top 10% each month and put it in a special account for Israel. So that if you've given to Israel already, I want you to believe that that's going to represent 10% of what you're going to do totally for Arise Vision. And so we want you to mark your giving, Arise, and know that your church is going to take the top 10% and it's going to bless Israel. And we're going to do some very strategic things that I think everybody's going to get excited for because I believe they tie to prophecy and what's happening in this hour. And so we want you to be a part of the Arise vision. We're strengthening the church for today and tomorrow. Amen? And doing something significant. But in three weeks from today, and I want my wife to come join me, and I want everyone to stand and our worship team to come back. Two weeks from today... We celebrate 37 years of being here at Evangel Temple on staff. Two weeks from today. Three weeks after that, we celebrate our 37th wedding anniversary. And I can tell you, marriage is better the longer you're married. Amen. It gets more wonderful. Amen. And uh, God has been good. And we appreciate the opportunity to serve this church and to love this church. But we came here and this church, well, when dad moved the family to Jacksonville, the church was, was less than about 90 people. And uh, it was running about 225, 250 people uh, in, in 1977. And we've seen a lot of change. We've seen a lot of building programs. We've seen a lot take place over 37 years. And so many people have been a part of the vision down through the years and they've celebrated with us and worked with us and labored with us. And today, of 13,000 Assembly of God churches in America, there's 300,000 worldwide, but 13,000 in America, Evangel Temple ranks in the top 100 numerically in the top 30 
in missions giving. Can somebody say amen? The top 30. God has allowed us, but this is a giving congregation. It's a, a congregation that believes in a vision. And I'm asking everyone three weeks from today to make a commitment at whatever level, not equal sacrifice, but just equal obedience to what God puts in your heart. And God has put in our heart to take a step of faith, something we've never done before, and it's going to take God showing up. I'm telling you. It's going to take God doing something large in our home. My kids have already said, does this mean we're not going to get a Christmas present and birthday present? I said, well, I can promise you the grandkids are anyway. Amen. Can't tell you about you, but <laughs> amen. <laughs> we're just going to see how God works this miracle out. Amen. But we're going to take care of the grandbabies. God will. But we're going to take a step of faith as a couple. And we're going to put God to the test that he's going to have to show up and he's going to have to do something really large in our home and in our finances to cause this miracle to happen. But it's going to take that. It's going to take everybody doing something at a sacrificial level, an obedience level, to believe that God, with God, all things are possible. How many believe that God can bless your business? I've seen it happen in the last three or four weeks with people across this congregation. People have run in here in the last week and said, I got a new job. I got a pay raise. I got an open door on my job. I was given, I just got a text when I walked in here. I got a promotion on my job, an incredible promotion. On and on, I'm telling you, if you will allow God to do some things, he will work miracles of healing, but you've got to be obedient and you will eat the good of the land. You've got to take steps of faith. Put God to the test. Why not take a step of faith that puts God's name on the line and God has to show up and show up large in your life? I'm telling you, this is a week he wants to show up large to a world that's unsaved. Amen? I believe that. I believe the witness is going to be stronger and more powerful this week than ever. And God's put all these signals in the heavens and on earth signifying to man, this is an important week. Don't deny me. Don't sell me out this week, but be a part of what God's doing to reach a lost world with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you have a spiritual need in your life and you know you need prayer, I want you to slip up a hand right now. God bless you. 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 I see you up in the balcony. God bless you. 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 Maybe you're running from the Lord. You know, a man showed up here first time he's ever been in on these properties. He's here in this sanctuary right now because he got up this morning, turned on the television set and saw a man standing in this sanctuary worshiping God and said, if that man got saved and I know where that man came from, he said, I need to go to that place. And he's here right now in this service because he knew that man's background. He saw that this morning on television. And he's standing right here among us right now. I'm telling you, it's about changed lives. And if you don't know the Savior, if you don't know Jesus, if Jesus has not changed your life, if you're a prodigal, if you're out of the will of God, I know I'm talking to somebody that is out of God's will. And God's calling you home. I want every person in this room that needs prayer, I want you to come to the front right now. You need prayer. Maybe you've been under the attack of the enemy. The devil has been attacking you. 
and you want freedom from that attack, you want victory, I want you to move from where you're standing. I need numbers of prayer partners to immediately respond. Come on. Jennifer, lead us in one song, one time through, and then we're going to pray. the Savior, I invite you to come. If you've been running from the Lord, maybe you're the prodigal the Holy Ghost is calling to. Everyone slip up your hands. Everyone with a spiritual need, come to the front right now. God bless you. 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 I'm telling you, God's doing something right now. The Holy Ghost is doing something. Touch this generation. Hallelujah. pray but there's still some there's a man that needs to come you've been out of God's will you've been running from the Lord and God's calling to you right now God is beckoning to you you've been wayward you're backslidden and only you know that and God knows that and God has your number and God's calling to you right now I want you to come come on this is no time holy week is no time to play games with God it's time to get right with God come on somebody that needs to come before we pray God bless you, sir. God bless you for your honesty. Amen. God bless you, ma'am. I want everybody to slip your hands up over these who have come right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the plan of heaven. That through the plan of heaven, Redemption was provided through the sacrificial lamb that Jesus gave his life. He laid his life on the altar of sacrifice, on the cross of Christ, so that man could be redeemed, so that man could know redemption, so that man could turn to Christ. You love us that much that you allowed Jesus to bear stripes on his back, to be spit upon, his beard to be pulled and plucked, the crown of thorns to be put on his head, and then for that crown to be smote with a rod. All that he suffered, the disgrace of Calvary, you allowed so that, Father, in our disgrace of our sin, the disgrace of our living outside of the love of God, we can find forgiveness, and we can find reconciliation, and we can find a new life, a new name, a new hope, a new existence in you and Lord I pray for each one of these that are standing here this morning 
God, those that need the freedom of Christ and the deliverance of Christ, thank you for salvation. Now I want everybody in this room and I want everybody watching right now, I want everyone to repeat this prayer. Dear God in heaven, forgive me of my sins. I repent of all my backsliding and all my waywardness. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that he died for my sins. By faith I accept his work and I receive forgiveness into my life. Thank you that the blood covers my sins and that sacrifice has been made. And by faith this morning, I accept that work of Calvary. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that today my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you that today I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Thank you today that I have hope. Thank you today that, God, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Thank you today that I know that heaven's going to be my home. Thank you today that I know that I'm going to see my family come to God. Thank you today that you're going to use me for your eternal purposes and my destiny has changed. Come on, I want everybody to lift your hands and praise the Lord right now. Come on. Come on, just praise the Lord in this house. Come on. Come on, thank Him for His salvation to your life. His redemption to your life. His mercy, His grace. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. The Lord put in my heart to pray for every person that has sickness in your body. You need healing. I'm telling you, Holy Week is about healing being provided on Calvary. Amen. I want every person that needs healing, I want you to come to the front right now. You need healing in your body. I want you to make your way to the front right now. Come on. From all across this sanctuary, I want you to come with faith in your heart. I need our prayer team. Amen. Come on. All of our prayer team. Amen. Jesus was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And everybody say it, with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. Come on, you need healing. When you need to leave, you can be excused. But don't disturb these who are worshiping. The Lord is about to release his healing power and healing nature.
us. Oh, lift his name up. Lift his name up. <laughs> 